This is Honey Smith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman and host of two weekly podcast productions, Cannabis Verum, which means cannabis truth in Latin, as well as Moment of Clarity, which dives a little deeper into a subject. You'll learn how to use the cannabis plant effectively, find your proper dose, tame THC if you need to, mitigate damage from street weed, avoid contamination, and save your cash. If you're exhausted from body aches, dangerous potential drug interactions, and crippling brain fog, then stay tuned for some amazing information you can always verify with proof by scientific data. Guests from within the cannabis industry will enlighten and expand your ideas about the validity of this plant for our society. Thank you for joining me. Let's get to it. Hello, my friends. You're probably going to hear the puppies barking or growling or playing with each other in the background, and I'm sure you're going to hear my husband in the galley over there doing a few dishes. Um, I'm just waiting for my breakfast, too, I might add. No, I'm kidding. He didn't really fix my breakfast. Um, Listen, if you conjure up old ideas about a witch doctor, you may see some African tribal medicine man in a grass skirt with a bone through his nose, wildly shaking a gourd with beans in it over the poor victim to rattle bad spirits away. Maybe I should try that, too. <laughs> or I can just open my iPad and go to the Journal of American Medical Association, you know, JAMA, and... uh Search for the latest science on cannabis for real information to rattle bad spirits away. I can also reference a hundred other traditional medical sites and new ones as well who are completely invested in the science of cannabis. One such reference site that often catches my eye is called canatechtoday.com. Canatechtoday.com. It's C-A-N-N-A-T-E-C-H. T-O-D-A-Y.com. It comes monthly, and in an article dated March 3rd, 2021, titled, Physicians Dealing with Cannabis Can Be Unreliable. Now, I instantly know why that is, but you may not, so I thought we'd have a little talk about it. Uh, and I don't want you to be afraid of asking your primary care physician about cannabis. They may or may not be ready for that question, but that's why we're talking about it now. Because at this moment in cannabis history, no matter where you live, the majority of AMA physicians do not know anything about cannabis. That's just the way it is. They were not taught anything about it from a medical standpoint because of its illegal status for the last hundred years. And then they were taxed for using it in the beginning, 100 years ago, which made it impossible to deal with, with all the paperwork and, and money to use it, and mostly propagandized and lied to from the political point of view so that they would not prescribe it. And did you get that word? They used to prescribe it. They are no longer allowed to prescribe cannabis. They can recommend it. They cannot prescribe it. <clears throat> Pardon. So 
Back in those days, like the early 30s, the 1930s, doctors carried cannabis in their little black bags to use for all kinds of aches and pains. And it could be purchased over the counter in various types of tinctures and strengths and whatnot. Um, My spouse was born in 1932, and his mother had five more kids before him and one after, and they lived in this tiny town in Kansas where they were the only black family. I'm sure his mother and grandmothers would have utilized this cheap, prolific tonic for everyone from a tummy ache to a headache and whatever else a passel of kids can get into, you know, poison ivies and everything else, until it was no longer available. It really was the aspirin of the day until aspirin was invented around that time. Nobody questioned that a doctor um, uh, had knowledge about cannabis at that time. Although having a thousand years of anecdotal information was very helpful, modern science had yet to sing out. And now that it has begun to dissect this amazing plant to figure out how it can best serve us, I, for one, am paying attention. Can't say that for all primary care physicians, though, and here's why. Again, our government classified certain drugs back in the 70s as too dangerous to use and that hold no medicinal value. But scheduling drugs actually began way back in the 1950s when DuPont created computer algorithms for rating chemical compounds they were working with. There's a very, very geeky article about it all that, <clears throat> pardon, <clears throat> must be the pollen. Um, there's a really geeky article about um, all of that that, Uh, cannabis med students and lab rats might be interested in at uh, mosaicprojects.com. That's M-O-S-A-I-C projects, P-R-O-J-E-C-T-S dot com. And I'll have these links um, on my website too, so don't worry about trying to write them down while you're driving or walking the dogs or whatever. You can look them up later. Cannabis is rated still like heroin and LSD and ecstasy, even though we've got all this science shining a light on it. And although old Grandpa Joe was instrumental in creating this mess of regulation and the war on drugs and the third strike rule, and even though his vice president has her own sad history about incarcerations for cannabis, they are still our best opportunity in a hundred years to change the reputation of this live plant and its status. We have to tell the truth about the plant and getting it removed from Schedule 1 is the fastest way to prove to doctors and other medical professionals who will then prove to the populace that it is indeed a valuable plant that both humans and animals need. This one action will remove a hundred years of intentional market stigma almost overnight. 
that will release advertising to educate the populace, which has been restricted all this time. You can't ad- you don't you don't see advertisements on, about cannabis on TV or hear it on the radio. You might hear some on some um, uh, particular cannabis podcasts and cannabis radio stations, but those are far and few between. Something that is forbidden at this time, like cigarette commercials. You don't see cigarette commercials either. They used to, of course. You see them all the time. I'll never forget the I'd rather fight than switch for Territons because that's what my grandmother smoked. And she kept a great big carton of them up in her upper drawer in her bedroom, all hidden because she didn't want the kids to get at them, which we did. Anyway, it's still a Schedule One drug, and it shouldn't be, because it's not like heroin. It's not like LSD, which, by the way, is also, well, we'll have a discussion about LSD someday, but LSD is not heroin. And so, you know, truth matters. It's only a Schedule One because of corruption. The American Medical Association, the AMA, and other scientists told them not to list cannabis as a Schedule One drug, but they did not listen. They did it anyway. Preventing commerce from thriving around it. No competition for big alcohol or cotton or big pharma or plastics, which were just created about that time. You know, anything you can make in plastic that's made from petroleum oil can be made with cannabis oil. And the petroleum oil, you have to crack our planet open to get out. It's the lifeblood of our, our planet. And cannabis, you can grow in four months and cut it down and grow it again. It's a totally renewable crop. And you're not raping the planet for, for, for its lifeblood. So, you know, truth matters. Um, the corruption and prejudice around this plant are just stupefying once you get into the history of it. But suffice it to say, Grandpa Joe and Mama Kamala have the science on cannabis now and have said they both agree to descheduling cannabis for the medicinal value it has. They're, they're just talking about the medicinal value. They're not even talking about it as a manufacturing um, commodity for roads and cars and plants and biofuel and you know, houses and on and on and on it goes, clothes and on it goes. So it's March 2021 and we still don't know what that means. But they do have a few other priorities they're wading into. So I'm talking about... Um, you know, the president and vice president and why they haven't descheduled it yet. Uh, You know, of course, they've only been in office for, you know, this very, very short amount of time. But I guess there's just nothing to do at this point but be patient and vigil and lift our voices and continue shining a light on cannabis 
for our government agencies and uh, legislators, especially our local ones who are making all of the restrictions and rules and regulations around cannabis for us uh, on a statewide basis that flipped before our federal governments and agencies did. So we're, we're proud of our different states that have adopted new cannabis um, uh, 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 legislation for the people but uh you know we're just running as fast as we can trying to catch up uh as far as federal legislation goes so i'm 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 working hard for you our our voice just must be heard i know it won't go back to crim- criminal i i certainly won't go back to purchasing criminal cannabis and for huge reasons i've already talked about you all um about this you know uh uh Criminal cannabis, and I'm talking about all street weed, is contaminated. And my body cannot handle contaminated cannabis. It will kill me, period. It will kill you, too, uh, eventually, slowly, painfully. Uh, so, and, and it's not the cannabis that will kill you. It is the contamination in the cannabis that will kill you. And um, the autopsies of cancer patients who were smoking street weed has already proved the aspergillus mold that lined their lungs is what suffocated them and killed them. Not the cannabis they smoked that was the carrier for that aspergillus mold. So that's why I will not go back to criminal cannabis. That's why I speak loud and clearly about going to a state-licensed dispensary that is forced to third-party lab test all of their product before you buy it so that you know that it is safe to ingest. The FDA just only started opening up applications to cannabis companies to put their imprimatur on it. So as soon as the FDA comes out, then you will also have that Um a stamp of approval that it is a clean product and you'll be able to tell right away you know that that product is safe for your purchase and ingestion but until then mm-mm, you just have to be be your own bodyguard and I'm not kidding about it so I'm too old and too smart to mess with all that criminal crap anymore I'm just I'm not going back to it and and um <clears throat> and I I preach all day on my soapbox about that. I'll just make sure my voice is loudest so the politicians, you know, hear the squeaky wheel. And um and and I am telling them, I am watching them and you all are going to watch them with me. Like Georgia, we know how to change the game now. So here's the deal with doctors and cannabis in Florida. And every state is different. But this still applies to most doctors. A doctor of medicine or osteopath may take a two-hour course on the Florida cannabis law before gaining a certificate that says he can recommend medical marijuana to his patients. It does not require that medical professionals have any knowledge of the plant, just what Florida law states about cannabis. So basically, 
Florida made doctors the third party through whom you must pay in order to get a Florida State medical marijuana card that allows you to purchase products from a state licensed dispensary. So even though you went to the state uh, approved doctor who now knows about Florida laws about cannabis, you he will he will still have to give you a number that you plug into the state of Florida to get your card. So see how that's all connected? And then and then you take the card the state sends you, which, by the way, looks like your um, driver's license. It just doesn't have your signature on it, and it's blue. And it costs $75 annually to maintain. Uh, anyway, as uh, soon as you get that, then you can take that to a dispensary and get your product. Now, if that doctor is not already your primary care physician then that doctor is just a mechanism for you to buy from a company licensed by the state. He will not necessarily know much about cannabis unless he took outside courses like me. And by outside, I mean other than medical school courses. All the courses I took on cannabis were devised by scientists and medical professionals with keen interest in helping humans and animals with it. I've studied the history and pharmacology of the plant just like med students, except they only had a few courses over a few months. I've been studying cannabis for five years from every angle I can determine. When you decide that cannabis may be a path of relief you'd like to try, then I heartily recommend doing some research on the doctor you choose. It's perfectly acceptable to ask when calling where the doctor got his education on cannabis and the extent of his knowledge. Cannabis schools are only just now beginning to open up. It costs money, time, and effort to attend even online classes and get accreditation. If you're looking for cannabis explanation, the doctors who really believe the science of the plant are the ones who will give you the best information. All the others are happy to add cash to their business. You can't use a credit card or banks for cannabis receipts yet because of the schedule when rating and they don't and banks won't allow anybody who touches the plant to use to use banks for depositing cash. It's it's crazy insane right now. And that cash helps pay off their medical school loans. So, you know, you can see why a cannabis, I mean, like a, a, a regular MD or DO would want to begin using the mechanism for allowing their patients or recommending their patients to use cannabis because it, it just puts cash in their pocket, whether they have knowledge about it or not. And that helps them pay off their debts. You know, I, I know doctors in their 50s still paying off their medical school debts, you know, for the past 30 years. So um, that 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 whole thing is, 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 is just a crazy round-robin mess that has to be cleaned up. 
Descheduling cannabis will instantly correct a shitload of problems for people of color and businesses and doctors and uh, uh, states and reciprocity. You know, people like the snowbirds coming down from the north being able to use their uh, pot cards uh, from some other state and not being able to use it here. I think I think Florida does have reciprocity now. I'm not sure about that. Need to look it up. But yeah, see, there's, there's that whole that whole silly problem. Why can't Florida use their pot card in California and vice versa? So, uh, and then all the people of color disproportionately incarcerated for cannabis, tearing up families, throwing industry under the bus, and lying to people about something that would change the world and uplift those in poverty while providing a new manufacturing product by the millions and starting our economy, restarting our economy after a world pandemic with over a half a million dead. Please, the I, I notice the Republicans keep whining about how are we going to pay for this? How are we going? Well, Jesus Christ, unlock marijuana and you can pay for it. Unlock hemp and you can pay for every single thing that needs money with a brand new product and brand new manufacturing capabilities. Ugh. Can you see how my blood pressure is popping out of the top of my head over this? I just get so frustrated because of the corruption behind it all that's that's keeping it and us as a society floating backwards. That 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 whole corruption thing just has to go and shining a light on it never forgetting are the answers to fixing it. So the point of all this is to help you understand how to find good a good cannabis doctor for your needs. And you may not feel like this is an issue for your simple aches and pains. You know, you may already have a great um, uh, primary care physician that you can just go to all your, your, you know, whatever's for, and then just get another cannabis doctor to uh, recommend a cannabis card to the state for you. And, and then you just go see that cannabis doctor to renew your card every seven months see that's the problem the state said yes the doctor can recommend and also that patient has to go back to that doctor at least every seven months to make sure that that doctor is checking you out and your progress with this cannabis therapy the problem with that is that the doctor doesn't really know much about cannabis therapy and the effects of the it just makes me crazy anyway um however there are all these new cannabis specialists i want to call them and those are doctors in different medical fields such as neurology or oncology or OBGYN or eye doctors, you know, uh, ophthalmology or whatever, whatever their specialty is. They have also become cannabis specialists. So they would be your primary care physician and as well they have become cannabis doctors and specialists who understand everything about cannabis and how it will affect your primary 
care. So the point of all of this is to help you understand how to find a good cannabis doctor for your needs. <clears throat> like I said, you may not feel like this is an issue for your simple aches and pains, but if you have heart problems or cancer or HIV or glaucoma, then you'll probably feel more comfortable having a specialist cannabis physician keeping an eye on your whole body or whatever that issue is. And the good news is that there are more and more of those kinds of cannabis doctors becoming available. Any pot doctor will do if you're just looking for a card to get a medical mar- to get some medical marijuana. You could you can just google pot doctor near me and you'll find a bunch of them in your neck of the woods. Just start calling and ask how much they are. Cheap ones are about a hundred bucks. And then you have to renew your card every seven months through that doctor. And then you'll have to apply to the state for the actual physical plastic card that costs you $75 annually. Gouging, in my opinion. The state should only charge you, you know, one time for a card. And that should be enough. Plastic doesn't rot. You know, it lives in my <clears throat> it lives in my billfold, just like right beside my driver's license. I only had to, had to pay for that what once every ten years or whatever it is. The taxes off just that one issue, that seventy-five dollar annual card, probably created ten more new overpasses in Orlando. But how would I know? They don't ask me what they're doing with those taxes. Cannabis specialists like Dr. Mazo, a neurologist and the first pot doctor in Melbourne, and Janester Wilson-King, an OBGYN in Mount Dora, um, they are the kind of studied cannabis specialists in their own field of medicine who really understand the effects of the plant. And they could really be your primary care physician if you needed them. Dr. Dustin Sulak up in Maine, another one, has his own product and does studies now, RCTs, uh, random control trials, on thousands of his own patients. Plus, he created a certificate course uh, for cannabis education, which, by the way, I took and was wonderful. And... Um, Dr. Angie Krauss, a veterinarian in Colorado, is another one. She helps animal issues with cannabis because she really understands the effects of the plant. Now, I can go to my veterinarian here in Melbourne, and I love my veterinarian, and they're selling a little CBD on the side for pets, but they don't really know anything. They don't know enough about it. They they haven't really studied the cannabis plant and all the you know all the effects that it can have and la 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 la. They've maybe done a few uh, you know uh, uh, reading a few articles, but <clears throat> they're just not that studied. So even though they're selling it and they they like you know what they're reading about it, um, I wouldn't consider them cannabis experts. So um, you know, um, <laughs> but. But I do, of course, consider them animal experts. And, and wow, you know, the fact that they don't even speak the same language and communication is tough at best. They're pretty amazing 
doctors in their fields of expertise and the fact that they are studying cannabis to become cannabis experts as well in their own field is pretty impressive to me. So even though I'm not professionally affiliated with any of the doctors that I mentioned in my podcast yet, I do use Dr. Sulak's Healer CBDA product and really like it. I've noticed a big difference. Um, and, um, and I just want you to know, I talk about them because I appreciate their knowledge base, their expertise, and their friendship to me within the industry. They're always willing to share their knowledge base with me. And um, I just appreciate that generosity so much because, uh, full disclosure, I am not a medical doctor. I'm just a 21st century cannabis shaman who knows much, much, much more after five years of intense study about cannabis and the botany and the um, um, the chemistry and everything I can find to study the history, the politics, the science of the plant uh, so that I can help not only myself recover, but those people and I love in my tribe and in my community and all of you. So it's, it's really a valuable, wonderful live plant therapy that can uh, help so many and do so much for our world. So if you're looking for a real primary care physician who understands the value of utilizing cannabis from their little black bag of tricks, then do your homework to find out the extent of their knowledge before consulting about your health in general. And if it's just a card you're after for typical cannabis use, then the closest, cheapest, and soonest available will do. But they won't be your primary care physician. They'll just be your pot doctor. Which doctor? For you. You've been listening to the Cannabivarum or Moment of Clarity podcast with host and educator Honey Smith Walls. Certified by respected doctors, researchers, and clinicians in the industry, and passionate about helping people understand the benefit of this ancient plant with over 400 chemical compounds in it, you can always check the quality of this information by the scientific sources on the cannabivarum.com website. And while you're there, pre-order my new ebook, The Language of Cannabis, when you visit the website at cannabivarum.com. That's C-A-N-N-A-B-A-V-E-R-U-M dot com. <laughs>